Welcome to the Mama Medicina podcast, a space where we get to experience the beauty of living life as a divine ceremony. Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome again to the podcast. This week's episode is a true gift and I really hope you get to listen to the entire episode. I'm with my dear, dear, dear friend, Olivia. We're recorded in a Buddhist temple in the middle of Hollywood. We are having a tea ceremony. So before the podcast starts, um, we have been in silence for about 20 minutes in communion with the tea. Um, in the first half, we talk about the spiritual discipline. We talk about the beauty of giving. We also talk about birthdays and have some revelations around birthdays because we recorded close to Olivia's birthday and we are releasing on my birthday. Um, and in the second half of the episode, Olivia really goes into her spiritual path of Buddhism that she's been practicing for 14 years, how she found true faith and commitment, how she's integrated her spirituality and her career, and how she's really been able to receive the beauty of having a spiritual teacher and then... Um, what she found in his passing very recently. This whole episode is a true beauty and it's a gift from me to you. We're having a tea ceremony together, a ritual with, with one of my best, best friends in the world. And I wanted to let you in and to let you into my life and to gift you this gift of a beautiful conversation I have with one of my dearest friends. Um, so please enjoy the ride. And my invitation is... Um, How present can you be in this conversation and how uh, much you can quieten your mind and how much can you let the words actually impact you? There is a tremendous amount of beauty and wisdom and I hope you get to receive it all and to share it around you. We're all in this together. I love you. Mwah. And before we start, one small technical note to extend my apologies for the sound quality in the episode. I believe that the mic did not record and I recorded with the laptop. <sighs> Thank you for your patience as I bring more rigor into my podcasting process. You can still perfectly hear everything that is going on. You're just going to have to put the volume up a little bit and to accept that the, the quality isn't the smoothest to the ears, but it's working and it will get better and better. So thank you for your understanding and your patience. Much love. Mwah amazing just to sit with a warm bowl of tea and just stop for a second I mean you can just get so deep and so present in five minutes of just it's like this warmth mm. Of water and the energy of the leaves of the tea. It's such a gift, I can't tell you. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you as you're drinking it. When we were drinking earlier, I was thinking at some point about the fact that we're here together having this tea ceremony right now in the middle of Hollywood. 
And I was just like a funny idea just to visualize from the outside. I was like, I wonder what all, the, all these people are doing. There must be so many things that people are doing. And I was like, I had no idea about the tea ceremony world before meeting you. And now I'm in the middle of somewhat chaotic Hollywood and we're having tea and it's so beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah, because one street down is just complete chaos. Complete chaos. <laughs> when you were preparing, it was realizing how the ritualistic nature had so much to the sacredness of the way you. And I found that before when I saw you and Iman doing it together, like the way. You take the different items and you move them in a certain way, slowly, there's a whole process. And the fact that it's so structured and that it's a ritual, it's, it straight away adds to the sacredness. It's so weird. It's just a weird thing. Well, it's like, it's interesting. It's like, well, why? It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that you say because with the discipline comes the freedom. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing because I've spent so much of my life going, I'm a free person. I'm free, but I'm so much more free when I have a discipline. Mm -hmm. My spiritual practice is a discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, I create this tea stage, which is called a chachi, mm -hmm. and I create it for my guest or I create it for myself when I'm serving myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever you put on the tea stage, these coasters, the flower, crystals, it's in honour of reverence. So it has to be a ritual. Mm -hmm. So you have to drop in. Mm -hmm. And the minute you went what, go to look at your phone, yeah. you know there's pain in your heart. Mm. You feel a pain and a disappointment in yourself in some sense. When you get out of the ritual. Or when you go, oh, I'll change the song, you know, because yeah. you set up the stage, the tea stage, and you have your water, mm -hmm. which, you know, um, with, the, with the tea that you choose for yourself or the guest. Yeah. And then if you're like, oh, I'm just going to check my phone. You know, you're, it's, you just see it's, the habit is so strong. Mm. It's, it's like another part of, like, meditation. Your mind will wander until you put it down, until you put the cup down. You know, in the water, we always use this analogy, the water can be, if you're moving the water, it's going to be turbulent. But if you put it down, it'll mm. stop. <laughs> so how do you put it down? By creating ritual, by being super conscious of what you're going to put on your tea stage for your guest or for yourself and for yourself not it's the highest self that you are, that you're serving yourself mm -hmm. to put the cup down of your mind. Mm -hmm. 
And then just for a moment, you can be in the middle of Hollywood and feel sublime peace and happiness. And then you feel like you can do and give to everybody. You know, you don't want to keep that peace to yourself. You want it to expand. It comes supernaturally when you're happy because of the mind, the cup of water mm -hmm. being put down. You're not happy because you got something. Mm -hmm. You're not happy because of an accolade or a phone call or whatever it is. If you give yourself enough time to put the mind down, mm -hmm. create the space, you know, then there's just a happiness because of happiness, peace because of peace. And it's so pure that it wants to be given. Mm. You, that kind of peace does not want to stay in your body. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it as you said, that it's yeah. visceral, like how you feel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, just... Ha having tea in a ceremony mm -hmm. creates that that space for that to come out. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. Where does it come from, the tea ceremony? I think it's um, you know, it's from like emperors in China and the story about how tea came about is that I think there was an emperor sitting under a tree mm -hmm. and he had a warm bowl of water and a leaf fell into his cup and created a brew. Mm -hmm. This could be true or it could be a myth, but I, I do believe that that person had the karma to have the tea leaf fall into the cup at exactly the right moment to bring tea into existence in some way and it originated from from China mm. but this particular ceremony I guess is a mindfulness practice and um, there's an incredible place in Taiwan a not-for-profit called Global Tea Hut and all the tea is sourced from there and on their website they have profiles of the farmers mm. that pick the tea. And so it's everything, the water, the tea, the type of pot mm. comes from a certain clay that will then brew the tea you know, to give you, to give people this experience. It's, but it's so, it's all about being super conscious. So going back to saying freedom, I have freedom. And the freedom is from the structure. Yeah. I feel like the freedom comes once we uh, make a choice of committing to something yeah. instead of doing whatever we want. And we're both very Sagittarius and yeah, yeah, yeah. travel the world, do whatever we want. 
And I feel like there's a lot of freedom that comes when we finally pick a, you pick a practice and then you stop thinking about all the other things. So there's so much freedom in that because so much energy is released from thinking and thinking, is it the right thing? Is it not? And then you pick something and and there's so much fact that something will change, it'll grow, it'll Mm -hmm. evolve. But for instance, now with the ritual of the tea, I didn't know this two years ago. Yeah. Now it's part of my body. Like I am part of the tea and the water all together. It's I have so much freedom in the structure of simply pouring water into a pot and serving it. Is it freedom in the sense that you're not in your mind and you're in your heart? Especially when I'm serving somebody else. Because mm. I'm not thinking about I want to have my good experience. I'm like, I hope that this person is having an amazing experience and they can only have an amazing experience if I am, if that makes sense. Yeah, for being of service. Yeah, yeah. because if I'm agitated, you're going to feel it in some some way. Totally. So, yeah, and sometimes through drinking the tea, I open totally. my eyes and I see you so like meditative with your tea and a smile on your face and it, because that's what I'm feeling. I feel it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I can go deeper. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm here looking after you. I'm yeah. creating this. But I'm not. The so tea is. So. The tea is looking after you. Yeah. All of it, I think. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. It's such a beautiful practice. I'm so glad. It's such a gift in this life to have this. It is very powerful. Yeah. Every time we do it, I'm amazed at Isn't how it? powerful it Why? is to bring us grounded and open-hearted and i don't know is it because like when we were young did your mom give you tea like if you felt sick or if people came over or yeah we always drank tea, tea, tea herbal tea from yeah. the garden it's a it's a it is that's a ritual that's yeah we, it was always a ritual the herbs and we grow them in the garden we dry them and then we drink that all the time yeah and then that warm feeling, it just feels so comforting. It does. It just feels like, oh, you know. Yeah, there is that. And for me, really, the ritualistic nature of it is really what brings me in. Yeah. Because I could just serve you a cup of tea and I'd definitely have a chocolate biscuits or something. Yeah. Know, and, like, like, and it would still be lovely. Yeah. It would be so different. Yeah. It would be completely different. Very completely. Different. I have tea all the time with friends. Yeah. It's Which is lovely. Like, it's very lovely, and, and but it has nothing to do with what we're doing right now. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that the leaves, it's really important where the leaves come from. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it takes the imprint of all the energy, and even the water and the prayers you put in. I, I know you're, like, having good intentions in your heart when you're making it. and Yeah. The water feels that. It's like you can have a bath and just get in, or you can have a bath. Do you know what I mean? You can create a ritual with the bath and bless the water, put some, you know, salt, some lavender, Mm. and I always put the charm, and it's just like, Mm. it's just so nourishing. You know, it's Mm. like a part of giving to yourself. And you feel so good afterwards. Mm-hmm. If you do it in that way, it's even better. Yeah. I think I think everything can be a ritual. Everything. 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 Having a shower can be a ritual. I'm cleansing my body. 
so that I can be there when people see me, you know, because people trust people when they look clean, when they're, mm-hmm. you know, presented in a nice way, you just automatically trust someone. You just yeah, do. Yeah, you take care of yourself. Yeah. You're probably taking care of course. things around you. But you can do it in a way that's just for you. We can do it mm-hmm. like in an open way. And yeah, of course. You just want to have a shower sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And but there's opportunity in every moment to yeah. live it as a ceremony. Totally. In a ritual. I mean, the other day I just I just wanted my room to be a mess. Yeah. Or just take my clothes off and leave them on the floor. And I loved that. Do you know it's just like something about not having any of the structure? Yeah. You know, like just you know, because the discipline it takes energy. Mm. It takes energy to pick up the clothes and put them back and you know, there's, there's different flows, different moments. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Do you want some more? I do want some. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't finished it. you got to finish it to say I mean, that you want some more. That makes sense. Or you can just say you don't want one. Yeah. It's a very emotional Scorpio season. How is it for you? Mm. It's very fun too. How is it? Yeah, I I feel um wild, mm. a lot more wild, and I want to eat a lot of meat, mm. which is weird. But um, yeah, things come up around my birthday. Mm. Yeah, yeah, things come up. Did you reevaluate your life? Well, not about reevaluating my life. I feel like I something must have happened when I was young. Around your birthday. Because I remember saying my theme song for my birthday is It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Um, (laughs) I cry every birthday. Mm. So you're taking space to feel. Well, I've decided that this year. I'll cry before my birthday. So that you don't no, have to just cry. To, no, but just to process why, because I, mm. you know, I just, I miss my family a lot yeah. around my birthday. My mum messaged me yesterday saying five more sleeps. Oh. You know, with all these emojis. Oh. So cute. But it made, like, just I think what comes up for me is like, why have you decided to live so far away from your oh, family? Oh, yeah, it comes up from me a lot. Do you know, like, why yeah. have you done that to yourself? Yeah. yeah. It may be all good now when you're young, but what happens when you're older? Mm-hmm. So I think that mortality, that sort of stuff comes up a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a, yeah, it feels that's what's coming up for me. What's coming up for you? Around my birthday or yeah. now? Well, because your birthday's in a month? Yeah, 25 days. 25 days. 30th of November? Yeah. Um, That comes up too when I miss my family. And I, I do ask myself sometimes, I reflect on life and I think it's so weird, all those different paths that we choose. Mm. There's so many. And it just feels, it's like a trippy experience just to look at it. 
from my side of the bit. And yeah, I think I remind myself to trust my path and that I'm a sovereign being, that I'm doing my thing. And I'm also sad because I'm away from my family. Mm. And I also wonder, when am I going to see them next? Am I going to see them a lot? What about when they're going to get old? Mm. You know? Mm. And then sometimes I wonder, why is it going to be really hard for my parents? They were alive. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also kind of like... It's an interesting... <laughs> <laughs> so I like it. How amazing that our parents let us go. Yeah, they're supportive. Do. Yeah. You know, because we're always going to be their little child. Yeah, that's the thing about parenthood as well. When I think about it, it really reminds me, you really have kids only for, I mean, you only raise them for a part of your life and then they go away. And then you have rough transition. With so much like mixed emotions, yeah. My mom always says, You'll never know what it's like until you have a yeah. child, you yeah. just don't know, yeah, because you want to be your own person. Mm-hmm. But I said to my boyfriend the other day, Mom, I said, It's my mum's birthday, too. Mm, mm. Like, oh my gosh! I never thought about it like that. You just blew my mind. Completely forget. Oh my gosh! She's sending me six days or five days to her birthday too. That's when she gave birth. Yes, and she always will reflect the things like that she felt or that she wanted to eat or yeah. My mom does that too sometimes. As she like, can you imagine what they were going through? Oh my gosh! For nine months. And for 30 hours, you do is like, I'm alone on my birthday. Where's my family? Oh, I want this dinner. Where's the yeah. presents? She didn't call me. Yeah. Some of that stuff comes up. And it doesn't how big you are. That just burst us into the world. You know what? I had never thought about it like that. It's also their birthday. It's also their birth. That's when their birth, their birthday. That's when they burst us. That is the wildest thing they did in their life, like literally. That is like wildest thing you can do with the female body. It's so funny because we have no, we're not parents, so we no. don't know what that would be. No, we just know what it's like to birth like a creative project, and it's already pretty wild. So can you imagine a human? Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm gonna have a tea ceremony on my birthday. So my friends. I started a few years ago changing the tradition of a birthday by giving gifts to others. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, right? Like it doesn't have to be a lot, like I'll keep like crystals in my bag. Yeah. On my birthday and I'll just kind of give them away. You always have gifts and offerings. I love it. And they see you and you're like, it's let's have mom. a little offering for it's my mum. She does that? Oh my gosh. Oh. If I when I go back to Australia, she's got chocolates on my pillow. She's got whatever she's got, she's got on my pillow. She's she's oh, all wow. about gifts, but you know, she gave it she gave it to me. I love giving gifts. Yeah, you do. I do. Yeah. I love, I love it. 
I didn't know you got that from your mom. I thought maybe it was from your Buddhist path as well. And it was already from your mom. I mean, I think it's, you know, love language. It's Mm -hmm. my love language is gifts. Yeah. I, I like receiving them too, but to give the gift is so beautiful. Mm. It can just be something small like, you know, I carry whenever I travel, I have thank you cards in my bag and gifts, and I don't know who they're going to. Oh, so, I love that. <laughs> You're ready to I've give. Never told anyone that. You're already ready to give. Yeah. Mm. I have a the gift for your birthday, which is behind you. Yeah. I have gifts in my cupboard, ready, ready. Don't know who they're going to. Isn't that funny? It's beautiful. <laughs> but my mum does too. Yeah. My mum has. Gifts in her cupboard. Ready to go. Ready to go. Wow. So I remember if I ever needed a gift, I would say, hey, mum, do you have this? Do you have something for this age or this this kind of person? And she may have something. Wow. Yeah, so she passed it on. Oh. Wow. That's so beautiful. Happy birthday, mum. Yes, happy birthday. Wow. I'm gonna tell my mom that on my birthday. I'm gonna tell her to happy birthday. Gosh, imagine giving your mom a gift on her birthday. Huh? Like a birthday. Yeah, like like when new moms they have like a what's the party when baby shower and then they should have birthdays. Or when they give me idea. Like thank you for giving birth to me. Oh my god. I know that my mom is just is she's gonna cry so much. Totally. It's gonna be so good. Let's do it. Let's Let's do it. I'm a gift for their birthdays. For our birthdays. For our birthdays that are their birthdays. We don't think about them at all. We just think about ourselves. We just think about ourselves. On our birthdays. Wow, I was so self-centered about it. Which I just realized. Because we're like, this is the only day of the year that I get to do everything I want. I get to be celebrated. Mm. How does it, yeah, like, how can it become... Everyone. What I mean, it's also a birthday for our dads, even if it wasn't physical. Yeah, we forget That's about when they become. Oh my gosh, we forget dad. about that. We do forget about that. Oh my goodness! They also do their heart during the pregnancy. Oh, the second mom, if it's two mom, whoever it is. But yeah, it's also their birthday. They had a child. It's wild. Mm. Wow. Mm. Out of the idea of giving on our birthdays. Mm. When you came to my birthday last year, I remember I told a story about everyone. That I had met. Oh yeah, you know, and I really liked yeah, doing see, that. That was so kind. It was. It felt so good to showcase everyone on my birthday. It was the first time I did that in that way. Loved it. Mm. Mm. Maybe maybe this episode will release on my birthday actually. Oh, that's really funny. I love that. Hey, well, happy birthday to you. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. You should open your gift now. Uh-huh. Yes. 
I will. Should I? It's nice to get you be able to open it on your birthday, but you can open it. I'll open it on my birthday. Yeah. Mm. I also reflect on my birthday sometimes. Like, okay, what has happened the last year? Oh, what yeah. do I want to I do differently that. next year? Yeah. It's a nice, it's just, it's like, again, it's a ritual. Mm-hmm. You can create it to be a ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. write those things down. Mm-hmm. Love to light a candle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Try not to cry. Mm-hmm. Let's cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love lavender. Can you smell that? Oh, you can't smell. Not really. I can't smell very well. I can smell the lavender essential oil at my house. But, yeah, not really. It's a little bit upsetting. Yeah, it, it took the man a long time to get his smell back. Is it, how long has it been? A year? A year. Some smells are back. But I think it took him still that long. Strong. I think it took him that long. Yeah. And, and doing detox and I've been re-educating my nose. He did something. I'll ask him. Because I've been trying a bunch of things. Still mm. not back. Uh, yeah, I have a friend in Australia who was born without smell. Wow. But his parents didn't know wow. until later on that he couldn't smell, like, certain things. I mean, he couldn't smell at all. He can't smell at all. Interesting. No smell. But he has no recollection of smell, so he doesn't Ever. know what he's missing. Yeah, that's no great. idea. I realised what I couldn't smell at all when I was on the virus last year um i realized that uh smell brings a lot of safety because i couldn't smell when the gas has been left on oh yeah yeah and i also couldn't smell when the food had gone bad you know if you leave some food out of the fridge for too long and it's like a little bit off and i was like wow it's kind of very useful the smell and you know what it's useful for mating finding the right partner like with my smell right now i am not getting in a romantic relationship until I have my smell back and until my own body smell is back because it's different right now. It's so interesting. And the smell is how you pick uh, the right partner. The pill makes you pick the wrong partner and it makes you the contraceptive pill. Yeah, There's a bunch of studies written in some books. It it, uh, changes uh, the people you're going to be attracted to through the smell so it makes you attracted to the wrong smell and oh. like uh when it's like a different different sex because it's for reproduction purposes it's amazing so it makes you pick the wrong partner you know i find that super interesting because i this like my partner's smell mm-hmm. is amazing when i feel safe Mm-hmm. When I don't feel safe, it it's hard to connect with your pheromones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it actually has to do with me. Mm. Do you know? Like when you don't feel safe, you're not in your like and I'm not primal, not cent- overly centered. attracted, and I'm. I'll I'll feel, yeah, I just don't feel connected, mm-hmm. and I. 
but then as soon as I then let go or we make love, oh, my God, I just, I feel so safe and everything, mm -hmm. you know, the smells, everything is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I I was fascinated by that because I used to think, oh, I, does that person smell yeah. right for me or that person doesn't smell right for me? Yeah. Okay, great. That's not good. I realised it was actually about my safety. About when you don't feel safe, you can't trust the sense of smell. Yes. Maybe because safety is like a primal thing. So when we're not yeah. in our in safe, we're not in our primal self, which yeah. is also we're smelling the right parlor yeah. from a biological point of view. Because I've, I've been with people who smell I, incredible, but I they're terrible for me. Yeah, interesting. So feel like yeah and i think that thing of the smell is more from that biological reproduction purpose i don't know if it's really for full emotional because, spiritual yeah. compatibility because of modern human it life actually creates a lot of attachment yeah you know interesting mm -hmm. i remember when i was younger i met someone and when they when they would leave, I would smell the couch because the smell was so amazing. Yeah, but it just created so much attachment. I feel that mm. I've, I've I felt that where it's so true. I've had a next where there was like a, I just loved my smell, but then yeah. there was attachment. Totally, it it just creates well. There's the senses, the senses create a time all obsession. Yeah. yeah. Like intoxicated. Intoxicated. And just Literally. what it just created, yes. Very interesting. Mm. <laughs> and the way they name the team, they just get it right. It's like, you know. This one was spirit. The gateway of spirit. Gateway of spirit. But every two is like the name is completely perfect. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Because obviously the people that name the tea know everything about tea and the mm -hmm. feelings that they get and they feel you know, the frequency of it. Mm -hmm. Older leaves, older trees. Mm -hmm. depends if their roots go to the left or go straight down or depend on the energy of the tea. Mm -hmm. It's completely whole other world. Yeah. I love that. Can you talk about how you found Buddhism and all, all the things you love about it? Because I feel like you're such a dedicated um, person with your faith. And it's so interesting to hear about. I mean, if someone said to me that I would live in a meditation center, you know, mm -hmm. and want to, but, like, there's no way, mm -hmm. you know. I think um, I grew up Catholic, and after I went to drama school, there was so much expectation that you were going to be famous, and you believe it, mm -hmm. you know. You think you are, especially that coming from the drama school I went to, it has such a huge reputation of bringing stars out of Australia. Mm -hmm. But that's not the truth. And they didn't, I don't feel like I was prepared for not actually working mm -hmm. as an actress. 
Mm. And yeah, I got some work, but you get one or two shows a year. Mm, that's already great. And that's <laughs> great, but what do you do for the rest of the time? Yeah. So I would go to this church at the top of my street in Sydney and I, you know, I didn't know what I believed in. I grew up, like I said, Catholic, but I, my parents took me to Mass in Italian in Australia. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I understood anything that they were saying. You mm-hmm. know, it's basic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. So anyway, I, um, I'd go to this church before I'd go to the gym mm-hmm. and I'd, it would be lunchtime or something and I would sit in the front row, no one was there, and I would just look at Jesus and say, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Help me. Mm-hmm. Tell me something. Because it's all, all I knew about spirituality was that I went to church every Sunday looking, you know, really nice because we'd have to wear nice clothes that my mum sewed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. special socks that we'd wear with patent black leather shoes and we'd go and we'd sit in the front row. So 20 years later, I'm in the front row going, what is going on? Yeah. I'm so sad. I'm so angry. I'm so upset. I wake up crying in the mornings. I would wake up crying in the mornings. And you didn't know why. I had no idea because nobody teaches you anything yeah. about life. Mm-hmm. You, you know, what? no one showed me a book to read about my mind or anything. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with suffering? And so one, someone... Um, I, I'd go out with, you know, I'd go to a club with every now and again. It was like, oh, there's this really cool meditation class near where you live. And I was like, okay, cool. And eventually, months later, maybe six months later, I don't know, I decided to just go to this class. I wasn't searching. I just was, mm. I'll just go to this class. And as soon as I went to my first meditation class and it was, you know, Kadampa Buddhist meditation. So um, it was a presentation of Buddhism that was modern. Mm. It doesn't mean the teachings have changed, just the presentation has changed. So they were talking to me. They were talking to me, discouraged from life, who has a half career, who loves to travel, who has a boyfriend and, Mm -hmm. you know, they weren't talking to someone from Tibet or India. They were talking to me. Right. They were talking about attachment. They were talking about going to see a beautiful sunset and thinking, oh, this is so beautiful. And then, you know, watching this sunset and you're standing there. I remember this is like one of my first classes Mm -hmm. and the sunset is so beautiful. And you're like, okay. I'm just going to sit down and watch the sunset. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't mind an ice cream. Uh, Let's get an ice cream. Okay. Yeah, get an ice cream. Mm. Oh, a bit too much sugar. I'm a bit high now. I'm an ice cream. Well, so it was talking to me mm-hmm. about dissatisfaction mm-hmm. and attachments and stuff. And it was funny because. At the back of the class, there were these chocolate biscuits every class, mm-hmm. tin tams and mint slice, and they're the best Australian chocolate biscuits ever. 
And I remember being in the class and just thinking, I want a chocolate biscuit. Like my mind would not stop. But that's exactly what the class was about. <laughs> so it was the most simple, most profound mm. experience my first class and I was just like, oh, okay. This series has six weeks, six one-hour classes or two-hour classes. Okay, I'm about to go overseas in six weeks, so that's perfect. I'll go once a week and I'll be able to go. I was leaving a boyfriend behind and travelling for six months hoping to land in L.A. and be famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, six two-hour classes mm-hmm. is perfect. I'll be great to mm-hmm. leave. <laughs> I mean, that's so naive. <laughs> so I went to six classes and then I left. <laughs> And I was still deeply suffering. <gasps> but lucky that there were 1,200 Kadampa meditation centres around the whole world. So mm-hmm. I went to the classes in Italy. And then when I was in London, I went to the classes in London. And then when I was in New York, I went to the classes in New York. And then when I decided to try my best to be famous living in a caravan in Pacific Palisades in LA. I'm so glad I love it. <laughs> With no car and no way to get to any auditions even if I got them because I had no money. Yeah. I'd ride my bike to the meditation class. Mm. And it's not that I was like, I'm a Buddhist. Uh, I chant. Like it was just something was just pulling me to it. And I just started to slowly change my life. And that was 14 years ago. And just I just get happier and happier because I start to just just connect with the peace inside, which has nothing to do with the chocolate biscuit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I know that... Jesus is the same. And I know mm-hmm. that just the presentation of Buddhism works for me, mm-hmm. but it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to go into a warm room and a, a young monk mm-hmm. and chocolate biscuits at the back and a cup of tea mm-hmm. and, and the way the books are written and mm-hmm. the, the festivals that we go to all around the world and the people I get to meet all around the world through Kadampa meditation mm. is for me. It's not Italian mass on a Sunday mm-hmm. sitting in the front row. That didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that, yeah, I just think it's so awesome to find the thing that works for you you know whatever it is but I wasn't searching and I found this and I'm I'm not searching anymore (laughs) you know like searching in a sense of going to different traditions to try to find something I was Mm. just more like what's life Mm. You know, you had a specific question. You weren't searching for a path. I wasn't actively. I didn't know what a path was. Yeah. Do you know? You weren't looking for a a specific religion. You just had a deep question about life. Like, what is life? And you know, I reread some diary entries when I was like eighteen or something, and they were all about what is life. But I had no idea Mm -hmm. because I was so determined to have this career that I didn't 
even stop to question those things because I was single pointedly focused on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who cares what is life? I have to have my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you just crash. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Is there still a lot of suffering or it's reduced or it's just um, you welcome it? There's not suffering where I need to solve my problem. Mm-hmm. There's not suffering where I'm blaming my parents for my upbringing. Mm. There's not suffering of why didn't I get that part mm-hmm. or why doesn't someone like my script. Mm-hmm. None of that. There's some suffering like that I spoke about about my birthday. Oh, I'm alone, but I know it's not who I am now. It's just some trauma from being a child mm-hmm. and some suffering that I experienced when I was a child and I'm able to just like, it's, I know it's a child, but I'm just going to be here with it. Mm-hmm. And it's been triggered by a time of year. But give me an hour and it's completely purified. Like mm-hmm. it's purified mm-hmm. because I'll feel it and I might talk about it or write something about it and then I'll just go and sit in the meditation room and just think about how lucky I am. Mm. And I know that sounds really like, I think about how lucky you are, but not lucky as in I have, have, you know, a bed or whatever, like, you know, or money in the bank, none of that. It's about I can't believe that I am living this life with this spiritual path. It is the most, it's the most joy, love. I'm a millionaire. Mm. I have millions and millions and millions in my heart. Like it's, I don't need anything and I don't, Look, I live in this room. This is just a room I live in. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. But I've never been so luck. I feel so lucky. I feel so lucky to have a spiritual path and one, one spiritual path. And I follow it with complete dedication. And I love other things. Mm-hmm. You know, with some angel cards and some crystals everywhere, but mm-hmm. it is all part of that. And the part of it is giving to others mm-hmm. and love and joy. And, you know, people talk about this, you know, in Buddhism, you look at people suffering and can it be hard? Yeah, it can be hard, but. It's not, it's meant to be a joyful path because you can transform it all. Mm -hmm. And it's not about transforming you, Matilde. Mm -hmm. It's about your nature and who you are is enlightenment. That is the purpose of your life. 
and I can't really say that to you because you have your own version of purpose, but the purpose of my life mm -hmm. is to keep nurturing my enlightenment, my Buddha nature inside, which is completely peace mm. and doing a tea ceremony and doing yoga and doing all those beautiful practices, going for a hike, leaving your phone, mm. that little bit of peace is so beautiful and so big that it has to be given. Mm. You don't want anyone to miss out. It's When you talk about it, it feels like really true wealth. It feels like you feel so wealthy. And you're like, everyone, there's this thing. you got to feel it. Like, I'm going to make you feel it by giving you a little yeah. bit of that love and peace. Which is intention, which is ritual, which is creating a space for people to receive, mm -hmm. you know. And I love that you said that you chose one path and that's helped you a lot. Well, that's what they recommend. Yeah. Mm. Because otherwise it gets washed out with all different things mm -hmm. and everyone can, you know, it's, it's your own life. You choose all of it. And if you choose five paths, great, but I'm not going to gamble on that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to gamble on creating my own path. Mm -hmm. I'm going to gamble on a path of thousands and thousands of years old mm. where people have become enlightened and I've read all about them and I've seen it and I've witnessed it through one practice. I've seen it. I see it every day. I see people completely transform every day. And I'm not doing it blind. I see the path. I resonate with it in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm all in. But it took me at least 10 years out of this 14 years for me to put both feet in. Wow. <laughs> Damn. That is wild. It took me a long time. It took time. you 10 years to fully commit to the Buddhist path and to have the full faith. Yeah. I mean, I was always coming, I was always practicing, I was yeah. always helping, but... But this deep faith from, like, resonating with it and also seeing that it works and yeah. it's like you you have the faith. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, it's everything to me. And I'll tell you why. Because yeah. I thought... Mm -hmm. This makes me feel like crying. Do it. Mm. I thought Buddhism... And my life was separate, mm -hmm. that I couldn't actually achieve and be creative because it felt like an ego, whereas Buddhism is not about the ego. It's about others first. Mm -hmm. Well, no, others can't be first when I have my career to follow. Mm -hmm. I have to achieve these things. And I'll still go to class and I'll still help and I'll still appear to be really practising, but I still have to do my career. I still have to be achieving. Mm -hmm. And then I realised they're exactly the same thing because my mind of love and giving is actually now infused into my career. Mm. And the success that I'm having is so big 
because it's so full of love mm. and so much care for my team. And I just want everyone to feel all of the love mm. in the creative projects, not just I'm Buddhist when I'm here and practising and I'll help, mm -hmm. but then I'm different when I'm doing my career because I'm obsessed with it. Mm. And I kept trying to figure out how do I have both because they seemed super separate to me mm -hmm. and they're not. It's just a mind. How did you merge it or integrate it? What was the trigger point? Well, I just kept asking and then questions. Just... I kept asking and there's a lot of actors and, and writers in, you know, who meditate and they would give me their advice and they would say that before every meeting or every script thing or audition, they would make a dedication. They would say they would create a ritual mm -hmm. like let me give to others, you know, and then within two seconds you've completely forgotten that you're giving to others and you're completely focused on your own path. And I just kept asking and then funnily enough um, I got asked a lot in this tradition to start doing acting things for them, start making videos for them, start coming up with these ideas for them. And they did a, a huge play that was filmed and I got to play an incredible part. Oh, the Buddhist do, temple. Yes. So I'm part of the Buddhist community getting my lead role. Right? Yeah. And having accolades in some sense in the community. Mm. And so because I asked, then I started doing a lot of my creative stuff for the temple. Mm -hmm. And then that was the first step. And then I started the mind that I had by doing things for world peace, you know, mm -hmm. was so pure because it wasn't really about me. Yeah, I love people saying, I love that video you made. Oh, you're great in that video. But I knew it was for, for something so big. So that feeling and that mind just started to naturally infuse into my work that is now not separate from the path to enlightenment. Mm. because it just has to be like that. Mm. If you're practising and slowly, slowly, slowly you start changing, and I'm saying slowly because that was my experience, mm -hmm. one meditation class a week for a year, two the next year, two and a half the next year, literally it took me all of this time mm because I went so slow. I just went at my own pace mm -hmm. and now is completely infused in my body. It just is. There's no question. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of like, you know, there was a lot of confusion. What's the guru? What's faith? Mm. I don't like it. And a lot of fighting for it. But I just kept saying keep me on the path because when I felt super good I knew why because I was blessed I was feeling blessings I was feeling if I can say enlightened beings around me because we can't see everything we only think we're in a gross mind and body 
But when you go into such a deep meditation, which, you know, you can go for a couple of days or a week, after a day, and I'm just talking about four one-and-a-half-hour sessions, Mm -hmm. you start to feel so good. And you're like, why do I feel so good? Mm -hmm. Because you're being blessed. You're not doing this by yourself. You're tapping into the, the, the mind of enlightenment, which is who you are. Your mind is becoming so pure that you're actually just mixing with minds that have already mm-hmm. been pure because that's the same frequency. Mm-hmm. That's it. So we know we attract the same kind of people to us. So when we're disturbed and I had some, you know, encounters when I was younger with people that weren't good for me, Mm-hmm. And then the the more my mind became more pure and infused in my practice and love, oh, my gosh, the people that keep coming into my life, including you, like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful for someone like you in my life because we are, we are speaking the same language and we're vibrating at the same level because we are the same. Mm. And so that's the same when you go into a deep meditation then you start to connect, connect to the enlightened being. So. At first you can say, hey, enlightened beings, please help me. I'm gross-minded and I'm here and I'm upset. Mm-hmm. And then once you put the glass down, yeah. once you put the glass down, then you become like that and you feel that love, the love that you feel when you go for a walk at sunset without your phone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm the love that you feel in a tea ceremony and receiving it and giving it, Mm -hmm. that pure love that's come from nothing because you need nothing from me and I need nothing from you except friendship Mm -hmm. and I have no expectations of you. So that love is just pure. Mm -hmm. So that's it. And it's just just so lucky. Mm-hmm. Which of course you want to you want to shout it to the rooftops, mm-hmm. but you don't preach anything. Mm-hmm. You say nothing, and you just be that kind of person. I and love that. It. You really do that. You're never preaching. You just are very giving and spread that joy and that compassion. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting because it did take all of this time. Yeah. There's still a whole lot of way to go, but mm-hmm. it's forever. It's not. Remember I started my class and wanted six lessons, six two-hour classes. Thinking that that <laughs> 14 was years it. later. Yeah. I love that. It's so powerful. I love talking about it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thank you for taking all of that in and receiving all of that. Mm-hmm. It was so nice to share that. It's like I just busted wide open. Yeah, like <laughs> because you blessed you us. You don't talk about it. You, you don't talk. It. Yeah. People don't ask you these questions really, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want to share too much so super deep and personal. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question because I remember a couple of years ago, Maybe a year ago, you told me that you had, you were in the phase where you were understanding really the value of the guru or the teacher and how, like a priest, almost they pass down the information. They're your spiritual teacher, and I really remember it, like when you said it. And 
I was wondering what it brought you, and I know that your main spiritual teacher has now passed on the other side, and it was like a really significant event, event and I'm, I'm wanting to hear about that journey and the impact on your faith or your practice. Or Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, Geshe La, who's my spiritual guide, Geshe Kelsengyatso, he, you know, he came... I guess I just want to explain a little bit before I say what I really want to say. When he was in Tibet at eight years old, he asked his parents to go to the monastery. Mm -hmm. And to get into the monastery, he had to learn a full scripture, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, 100 pages. Yeah. And at eight years old, he did, and he went to the monastery. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, he was just pretty much practicing Buddhism and eventually he got asked to go to the West in 1978 and he, you know, didn't speak English. But over 40 years from not speaking any English, he ended up writing over 20-something books in English and he asked his teacher, you know, when he got to the West, he's like, these people are not Tibetan. They don't teach, we can't, I can't, they don't understand my, what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And his teacher said, they're your students, keep the Buddhism real from lineage to lineage all the way to, from Buddha Shakyamuni mm -hmm. thousands of years ago, but teach them in a modern way. And he presented it, the pure Buddhism in a modern way to modern people and it completely flourished around the whole world that we're sitting in his house mm. there's like 1200 centers around the whole world because of this one little Tibetan man and the reason I say that is he's not ordinary obviously mm -hmm. he came into this world to bring 1200 centers to modern places, a temple in the middle of Hollywood where everyone is welcome. You don't need to be a member. You can come and go. Mm -hmm. So, of course, how can you not have faith in that? And he then created a whole way for us to practice. He made Tibetan Buddhism so practical for us to understand as modern people and about 10 years ago he retired from the public so he didn't give any more teachings in public and he started allowing all the teachers to start stepping into their power as teachers mm -hmm. through his lineage through the lineage that's come from thousands of years and he, we didn't know this. We didn't know what he was doing, but he kept saying, one day I won't be here, mm -hmm. but I've set it all up for you mm. to keep it going. And then he passed away about a month ago. And when I found out <gasps> ordinary feelings of shock and what and... But 
he told all the centres for two days to do a retreat, mm -hmm. so four sessions a day, and he gave us the practice to do, which we knew what that practice, we'd already been practising it. We would already practised it for years, but he was preparing us for his departure. Mm. So this grief, the whole of the world was in practice for two days, and the the grief at the start that I felt by the end of the second day, I felt so much love because his body has gone. Like he helped me personally and everyone else, I'm sure, go through grief in two days, but it completely transformed from an ordinary experience of losing someone to this unbelievable connection to a spiritual being without his body because he was closer than ever. Mm. There was no little Tibetan monk to relate to. There was only the pure essence of who he is, which is enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to think, have a spiritual guide that you don't think is enlightened. You have to believe that he's enlightened to receive the blessings of enlightenment, mm -hmm. even if they're not. Mm -hmm. That's kind of part of the path. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you just think so big about it? Because then you're going to get those blessings because it's just your mind. Mm -hmm. And he said before he died, it's time for me to die now. And apparently he died and he was smiling <laughs> and he chose the right time and he chose to be super quiet about it. he chose to die super quietly with no fuss because it wasn't about him and he just went to the clear light wow and he said some you know beautiful things like I'm at every center every day. You know, think of me and I'm there. Mm. I will never leave you. I'm always there. Think of me. But he's not talking about his Tibetan body. He's talking about Buddha. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it's so profound. Mm -hmm. And to witness in my lifetime, mm. an enlightened being or even a person passing away with such love and grace and feel it inside your body. Mm. Because actually the reason that we meditate and have all of these rituals really is for the time of death. It is really for the moment of death where you can let go without attachment and go to that clear light because you have to be there as much as possible before that moment because if you die with a bad mind, in Buddhism it's not very good. You're reincarnated. You don't know what your karma will be at the moment of death. Mm -hmm. So practice as much as you can to love now, 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 
so that you are so prepared when you're about to die because you've been practicing love. You are. You are. And when you're, whoever's around you crying because you're passing away, you are not holding on to them because that mind, and if I can say, the mind of attachment, what is that mind? That mind is like an animal. If you die with a mind that's graspy, mm -hmm. yes, you may be super fortunate because you've had such practice that even if you might die with a mind of anger or in a car accident, God forbid, Jesus forbid, Buddha forbid, touch wood, yeah. that you're like not in a good space, you want to hope that you are so blessed regardless that you will go to a higher state of enlightenment, which is becoming omniscient for the whole world to be able to bless people's minds. Mm. You know, that's the point. It's no, it's it's not gross-mindedness, but all-pervading. All mm -hmm. So you practice now because you want a better life now, but you also deeply practice for your next life. And you are so grateful for your past life to have a human body that can actually have this kind of conversation. Yeah. So to see Geshe-la pass away like that just showed us what is possible. Mm -hmm. In this transition. Yeah. Yeah. He showed us what he's been telling us to do. You know, every day you, you die in meditation. In Buddhist meditation, you die in every meditation, tantric mm -hmm. Buddhist meditation, and that's not in any way sexual. Mm -hmm. it's, it's you die, this body, and you become the deity. You become enlightenment and all the goddesses and Vajragini and Varuka and all these spiritual beings, you want to be them, the archetype of them, mm -hmm. who they are, because you don't want this body to be here. It's 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 just a vessel for your mind mm -hmm. all this life to elevate because we are human beings. We can learn. Animals can't. Animals can't have spirituality. How? They can't think in that way, but we, you know, have a precious human life. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do with it? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, thank you, because I don't ever share any of this stuff. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. It's so sacred. Mm -hmm. and Nobody really asks. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy I got to receive it. And for people that are going to be so blessed with your energy and your love and your passion, it's and not the way me, you the world. That's the thing. It's not being the vessel. vessel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for being that vessel. It, it shows you're doing the work to be that vessel. To let it flow through. And I really admire that. That's why you're here. I'm sitting mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you.
Thank you so much for listening. You took all of that in. That was so nice to share. Mm-hmm. It was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I think it's, is it time to close our? Yes, let's close our, our, close our tea. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Mm. Do you want to say a prayer for everyone, isn't it? Mm. Just get super quiet and listen. Mm. Everything is there in stillness. Mm. And we can move really fast in the stillness mm. with that mind. Mm-hmm. You can go super fast mm-hmm. if you need to with that mind. Mm-hmm. It's a lifelong practice and how amazing we get to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. All of this. I'm going to be personally integrating all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. It was a true blessing. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. You were a true <laughs> That's why I'm smiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. We love you. We bless you. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Hello, my beautiful medicine butterflies listening. I'm wondering how and what you're feeling after this tea ceremony with Olivia because I'm feeling a lot of tenderness and a certain sense of gravitas before the beauty of the things she shared and it triggered for me a remembrance of the divine and I'm in a state right now a little bit similar to what I've often felt after a plant medicine journey where I don't really have the words and I'm basking into this feeling that life is so divine and so much bigger than myself and I have no idea what's going on and everything is going to be okay and great and beautiful and thank you so much Olivia for the remembrance of that feeling the remembrance of the divine and the remembrance to live a life of devotion of purpose of service and the remembrance to give and that this life is so much bigger than ourselves thank you so much Uh, for those who listened if you loved it please share it share the medicine with a friend a family member who you think will resonate or benefit from this episode feel free to tag us on social media and also leave us a five star and a follow on all the platforms you're listening from we love you very much bless you and see you next week Mwah.